0: This is the World Industrial News for Tuesday, August 2nd, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part one of their podcast, How to Leverage the U.S. Infrastructure Bill to Modernize the U.S. Power Grid.
1: Hello, good afternoon, and thanks for joining us. I am Megan Latonen with Aviva, and I am very fortunate to be joined here today with the two of the leaders in this industry about to dive into the hot topic of grid modernization, resiliency, and the infrastructure bill. You know, we all know that power companies are scrambling to update their systems as climate change continues to fuel increased and more frequent extreme weather events. We've seen outages across the U.S. having significant economic consequences not to mention the impact on the people affected. According to the Department of Energy, these outages cost the U.S. $70 billion annually. And thankfully, the Biden administration has made updating the nation's grid a priority and the latest infrastructure package allocates $73 billion for power upgrades. This is the single largest investment in clean energy transmission in American history. To dive into this topic, the state of the grid, and a breakdown of the infrastructure bill, I am joined today by Dr. J. Patrick Kennedy, the founder of OSIsoft and now chairman emeritus of Aviva. Dr. J. Patrick Kennedy is an industry pioneer who conceived the vision of scalable systems for managing industrial data, guiding OSIsoft from a startup in 1980 to a global software company that introduced and supported the Pi system. The Pi system has become the industrial sector's leading operation system of record, Helping to improve productivity, efficiency, and sustainability in over 146 countries and fa- over a thousand utilities. Since OSIsoft's 2021 acquisition by Aviva, Pat remains engaged as Chairman Emeritus and Board Advisor of, of Aviva, and is the prominent thought leader on grid monetization and resiliency, among many other things. Welcome, Pat, and thanks for joining us. Thank you. We are also fortunate to be joined today by Mona Sheth as we attempt to break down this bill and the opportunities in front of us. Mona is the Senior Director of Federal Government Relations at Schneider Electric and leads infrastructure implementation, aka Follow the Money, from federal to states. She has actually read the Infrastructure and Investment Jobs Act and broken down the segments of funding relevant for companies and states. Mona just celebrated her three-year work anniversary at Schneider Electric and has spent over 10 years in the clean energy space in D.C., advocating for decarbonization, energy efficiency, and resiliency. Thank you, Mona, for joining us. Thank you. So let's, let's kick this off with a powerful question. You know, Pat, I've heard you mention three primary reasons around the importance and timeliness of this infrastructure bill resiliency, smart grid, and new transmission. With this in mind, what are your thoughts on how the U.S. Infrastructure Bill can leverage technology to help modernize the U.S. power grid?
0: To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. New England isn't known for its sunny skies, but the U.S. region has seen its solar energy capacity increase by 3.8 gigawatts since 2016, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Although more than half of that number is attributed to small-scale solar, which are systems with less than one megawatt of generating capacity that typically are not metered by a utility, the demand for utility-scale projects is growing. Growing across the region. Industrial Info is tracking more than $2 billion worth of active solar projects across New England. As Phillips 66 approaches the completion of a fourth natural gas liquids fractionator at its Sweeney hub in Texas, the company is taking on new projects. However, the company is taking a different tact on some of these, focusing on chemical projects through Chevron Phillips Chemical Company, its joint venture with Chevron Corporation, as well as large renewable fuels undertaking in California. Oil priced at about $100 was enough for most of the U.S. oil majors to post big gains in production, a change in tone from the depths of the pandemic. To be fair, most of the bigger energy companies, like Exxon, are still investing capital on the so-called energy transition. But for Exxon, at least most of that effort was outside the United States. Chevron, meanwhile, said its Permian production increased by 15 percent from year-ago level just as the world market cries out for more oil. The U.S. Energy Department anticipates production from the Permian Basin will average about 5.4 million barrels per day in August. That represents about 45 percent of total U.S. crude oil production, and if the Permian were a sovereign member of OPEC, it would rank just above Iraq in terms of production to take second place behind Saudi Arabia. With the continuation of the global semiconductor shortage, large firms such as Intel Corporation have planned new facilities to help alleviate the situation and provide relief for the U.S. from reliance on foreign suppliers. However, some of these projects were stalled as the companies awaited passage of the CHIPS Act by the U.S. Congress. The measure contains $52 billion in assistance to these companies in order to provide more domestic production of semiconductor. And Germany has been forced to bail out one of its largest gas storage and energy companies, Uniper SE, to the tune of 15 billion euro due to Russia's strangling of gas supplies into Europe. The government has agreed to take a 30 percent stake in the company for a payment of 267 million euro, along 7.7 billion available as hybrid capital to Uniper. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full story